You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Live from our video call thing and the Rocky Mountain rooftop, it's the Affected by Altitude Awards 2023. Yeah, I am your host, Skylar Timmons, along with my co-host and presenter, Evan Lang. It's the once every two years big, huge award show. The, yeah, (laughs) the biannually or whatever. But yeah, this is the Affected by Altitude podcast in the Colorado Rockies affiliate of Rocky Mountain Rooftop, part of the Fans First Sports Network. And we we didn't do this last year. Things came up, crazy stuff, but we're back with it here in 2023, our award show. And a lot of this, you'll see a lot of the kind of regular, no team awards, MVPs, Cy Youngs, that type of stuff. And then we'll just throw in our kind of our other random awards, some fun, some stupid, just things from the some year. Both. A little from column A, a little from column B. Until uh, I am live here in some sort of theater, if you're on the video version, Evan is doing it remotely from his house. Let me... Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah, we weren't able to do Bricks. it this year. Ooh. He's doing a stand-up special in front of, in front of some bricks. What? What's the deal with those Colorado Rockies? My hat is clipping into the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our streaming StreamYard service, we don't mess around with them a lot, but we can do virtual backgrounds. And for some reason, they absolutely hate every time Evan tries to use one and his head starts to disappear. It 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 really is like, Skylar, for you, it works kind of okay. Like, it's not getting the gaps between your headphones and the background. But for me, it just, like, vaporizes whole parts of my head. Indeed. I don't know if it's the hat. I don't know if it's the headphones. I don't know if it's a combination. Try try the the uh, the video one. Or not the video one. The uh, Our audience. Oh, man. it's It just blurred his background. Anyways, this is wonderful... Podcast content <laughs> off oh, to a roaring me. start. <laughs> He's sinking into the rooftop. Usually we get all the giggles out before the episode, but <laughs> you're getting it fully authentic, just like any award show. No scripted bits in this. <laughs> okay. Hey, we, we have we have fun here at Rocky Mountain Rooftop. But you know what's not fun? Drugs. Don't do them. That's right. Unless prescribed by a doctor and it's meant to help you with some sort of thingy. Learning and growing. Anyways, if you're wondering when are you going to talk about Rocky's moves in the offseason? Well, nothing's happened yet. So look forward to that as the season goes on. But season's over. Awards are starting to get handed out. It's award season, and we are joining in on the fun 
here with with our with our own individual awards they'll hand out. So the way this will kind of work, it'll probably be a little messy, but more or less, we'll have some individual awards here, MVPs and things like that. For Evan and I, maybe we have we could have anywhere from one to however many number of nominees. Uh, Evan's planning on nominating the entire forty man roster. I was going to say forty three is a nice round number. Yeah, there you go. But we'll you know, kind of maybe present a little case or present some names and then you know, maybe come to a little consensus here on these ones. And then there's other awards, <laughs> a little bit more fun awards where we don't necessarily have to come to a consensus on a single person. You know, fun superlatives that we can we can hand out here as here at the end of the season for the 2023 Rockies. So makes sense, Evan. It does indeed. I think some of these are going to be real obvious at the end of the day. Yes, yes, they are. Much like any other award show. We already know who was going to win Best Picture going into this. That's right. It's the Super Mario Brothers movie. Woo! I thought it was a fun movie. It was it cute. It was enjoyable. Little movie. Was that this year? Yes, it was. Oh my goodness, 2023 has been a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. But let's see, which award should we start? We don't want the cream of the crop at the moment, do we? How about... Well, let's start at the bottom here. Bench Player of the Year. So this award is basically any player that weren't a regular but they were a solid contributor, a good teammate player that we maybe we liked the most that came off the bench you know, in a limited role. So they played, what, less than 50 games type of thing? Or at least the majority of their appearances were off the bench in some yeah. capacity. Like they're, they're starting a couple times during the week, once or twice, coming off the bench, pinch hitting. All that good stuff. These are your backups, your pinch hitters, your pinch runners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes, your good presence, guys. So, Evan, who uh, who would be your first nominee or guy that you're thinking of for this? So, I have three nominees for our Bench Player of the Year award. Uh, my top pick might surprise you. Uh, it's Alan Trejo mm-hmm. for my first nominee. Mike Mustakis. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean Bouchard, who didn't play a lot, but when he was coming in off the bench at the end of the season there, he really did make an impression. Mm. Yeah, this was pretty good ones. Uh, I thinking of, I think I'm along those same lines. I had Alan Trejo. Uh, I think Mike Moustakis was my first pick. And then I didn't really have a third because they all kind of meshed together at some point during the season. <laughs> Cole Tucker. But... Well, it's hard to be a bench player for the Rockies because especially nowadays with less pinch hitting, there's a little bit less substitution. There's the DH. So guys aren't necessarily on the bench as much. You may not have as much of a guy on a bench. It's more just plug and play of guys. And so that's where a lot of these guys fit into that role. Like this year, it could have been Harold Castro, but he played pretty much the majority of the season in a regular role. And also he was bad. Yes, he would have been a great bench player, I believe. But because he played every day, he wasn't that great. So who who are we thinking here, Evan? Who would be our top pick for bench player of the year? 
I like that we're pretty much thinking along the same lines here of Alan Trejo or Mike Moustakis. I don't know if Sean Bouchard can make the cut just because he only played in 21 games. Yeah. Uh, compared to Alan Trejo played in 82 and uh, Mike Moustakis started in, uh, played in 47. But I do just want to give a shout out to Sean Bouchard, who in limited game action after rupturing his bicep in spring training, wasn't expected to really even play at all this year, uh, had a 1.056 OPS with four home runs, seven RSBI, and uh, four walks, plus uh, two doubles. He He looked really good when he returned, and it was really nice to have him back. Mm-hmm. But just due to sheer amount of playing time, it's either going to narrow down to Mike Mostakis and Alan Trejo. Uh, Mike Mostakis hit 270, 360, 435, and 47 appearances. Uh, he hit four home runs, had 17 RBI, and drew 17 walks to 34 strikeouts. Uh, very good season for Mike Mostakis, who was, of course, traded around the deadline to the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, but to me... It's kind of tough. I kind of want to give it to Alan Trejo because Alan Trejo played more off the bench. And while his batting line isn't super impressive, he was versatile. He had four home runs in 82 appearances, 26 RBI. He stole five bases out of six attempts uh, with 11 doubles. Overall, I thought he had a, a really nice season considering he had really inconsistent playing time. Uh-huh. And he also pitched twice. There you go. <laughs> My main argument for Mike Moustakis is just the impact. Every time you talk, heard from the Rockies you know, and how sad people were to see him get traded and how really attached he was to the team in that short amount of time. He's you know, repping the avalanche wearing a, 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 a moose jersey. And so that would be my main thing for when I think of a bench player, I think of a guy that's keeping things loose in the clubhouse. And uh, I'm sure Trejo does the same thing. But there's a lot more public outpouring for you know, the the support that the team enjoyed from Mike Moustakis, how much they valued him, you know, just being there in the clubhouse and on the bench. Um, so that's my main thing for Mike Moustakis. Uh, and he still had some good performance there-wise as well. In that short amount of time. Plus, he nailed us. Oh, not too bad of a pitcher prospect. But Connor Van Skoyuk. Mm-hmm. So what are we thinking? Who who I'll leave this up to you ultimately. I'm fine with either. I'm also fine with either. Um, you do have a really compelling argument for Mike Mistakis, where even if he's not playing, he was seen as a, a huge, you know, veteran leadership presence in that clubhouse. Hmm. What do you think? <laughs> is this an award for Moose? I kind of feel like it is. It's because like when I, he was like more of a bench player, whereas you know, Alan Trey was fills in that utility. Same with Harold Castro. Those guys don't in my eye don't fit as bench guy when I think of them. I I guess this kind of award kind of blends towards like more of a clubhouse persona as well. But I kind of feel okay giving it to Mike Moustakis. All right, then. Then Dude, uh, dude needs something winner. from this year. Our first winner, bench player of the year, Mike Moustakis. Like, he had that presence coming off that bench. Like I was hoping he'd come in and be a Jason Giambi type. That's what we always talked about, him, talked about yeah. with him early on. Unfortunately, and, he just never got to that level. But 
I did really enjoy having him on the team yeah, for the I, short I, amount of time he was here. I liked having Moose. Like it was, it was fun just having him. Plus, there's that classic image where he flopped on his way to second base. It's like into second base. <laughs> face down in the dirt <laughs> at second base. It was perfect. Yeah, congratulations to Mike Moustakis. It was short-lived, but uh, congratulations to him. Uh, we will not have... Accepting the award is myself. It is this little uh, Majin Buu pop figurine. I don't have. Yeah, we don't. We don't have the budget for actual awards to send out to people. Yeah, we'll just be grabbing stuff that's around us. But congratulations to Mike Mustakis. Now we move on. This time, Evan, the team gold glove, the award for best defensive player, and I feel like. There's really like four nominees for this. <laughs> yeah, really one top winner. I feel like we both have the same nominees. Yeah. So my nominees for Team Gold Glove are Brenton Doyle, Ryan McMahon, Ezekiel Tovar, and Nolan Jones, who in that order led the team in defensive runs saved. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, for me, this it, it, not as clear. Well, it's kind of clear cut, but. The fact in I'm factoring in this is a two pony race between Brenton Doyle and Nolan Jones. And we want I lean more towards Brenton Doyle. Just he's already won the gold glove award in the National League for center field. Great DRS uh, played the entire season pretty much. And like the 10 plus outfield assists and just made Coors Field look manageable. So he's definitely quite deserving of that. One of the best gloves in baseball this season, but Nolan Jones, who kind of got hosed for the gold glove just because of the stipulations, he almost makes a somewhat even more compelling argument of a new position had 19 outfield assists, set a franchise record cannon of an arm. Oh, have was the highest average velocity on his throws from the outfield. Something like in the in that realm in that ballpark. Yeah, Nolan Jones had the strongest average arm strength in all of baseball this year. Yeah, and learning a new position moves well, covers good ground, playing both corner outfield positions. He played some center field a couple times, so he's he's really up there too. Where you no, know, with the glove, almost on par with Brenton Doyle. With the two of them combined, just made like a super player when it came to defense. But then you can't just count Ryan McMahon, who, as always, had an excellent season at third base defensively, one of the best third basemen in the league. Overall, though, if you want my opinion, it's Brenton Doyle. I think he runs away with this one for having already won the gold glove for center field, having uh, the highest DRS on the team, having one of the highest DRS in the league. Uh, Overall, um, his ultimate zone rating is comically gigantic. It was like 24.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's Brenton Doyle, but it's important to point out that the Rockies just overall were a pretty good team defensively this year. Yeah. Had you no know, three finalists for the gold glove. Ryan McMahon at third is he killed Tovar at short. They didn't win it, but Brenton Doyle did. And, and I agree with you. I think this is Brenton Doyle's award. Just for a position that the Rockies have struggled to fill consistently over their career or over their history, Brenton Doyle is the first like legitimate, true defensive center fielder the Rockies have ever had. And 
he made Coors Field look like nothing in that outfield. And uh, yeah, I would agree. That's this is his award. Yeah, Brent Doyle just man, he was so impressive to watch. And for a team that really, like you said, has never had that truly excellent center fielder for a rookie in Brenton Doyle to come in and just absolutely run away with the position. Uh, was really nice to see. Mm-hmm. So it uh, looks like we're at a consensus. Congratulations to Brenton Doyle, who perhaps an even more important gold glove that he even more important than the one he has right now to his name uh, <laughs> is the affected by altitude team gold glove award <laughs> presented by us. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he'll find it quite the honor. I don't have a glove near me, but uh, you better believe it's not gold. There you go. There we go. There it is. <laughs> it's not gold. It's not made by Rawlings. It's perfect. It, it works. It, has, <laughs> it gets the job done. it has silver accents. That's kind of close, right? Uh, yes, close enough. For our <laughs> audio listeners, I am moving around my black and gray and silver softball glove there you go nice and brought big would by, work for an outfielder brought to you by mizuno Ooh, i like mizuno mizuno makes great stuff um todd helton used a mizuno bat for most of his career mm-hmm. and then later in his career he just drew a nike swoosh on his mizunos is that a thing that he actually did Yes, when he had to swap his cleats near the end of his career. Couldn't keep wearing Mizunos because they just weren't helping his feet very much. So he swapped to Nike, but he still has his Mizuno deal, so he had to get creative with a Sharpie. I did not know that. But anyways, so that's our Team Gold Glove moving right along here. Uh, The Team Silver Slugger. So this is the top overall offensive performer for the season, uh, for the team, team's best hitter overall over the course of the year. Uh, Evan, who do we got? Uh, so I have nominated for this award uh, Nolan Jones, Ryan McMahon, uh, Ezekiel Tovar, and um, I kind of wanted to throw out both Charlie Blackman and Alaris Montero. It's an it's an interesting playing field. I think this is another one where it's pretty much obvious who it's going to be from the get go. Austin wins. Come on down, Austin. <laughs> um, I think a lot of guys deserve highlights for some of the things they did with the bat this year. You know, Charlie Blackman and his advanced age having a really good um, season despite it being shortened by injury. But Nolan Jones was just. With the bat, one of the best players on the team this year. He led the team in OPS. He led the team in slugging. He led the team in on-base percentage. He led the team in batting average. He had the second most home runs. He had, like, the third or fourth most RBI. He had the... He did pretty much everything he needed to do um, Mm -hmm. in order to really run away with the award. Uh, You know, not to discount... Ezekiel Tovar, who hit a 37 doubles, tying the rookie record with Todd Helton. But I think overall, it's just Nolan Jones was the offensive player to watch on the Rockies this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 
in most offensive categories, he kind of showed overall the best all-around hitter uh, offensively. Like second on the team in home runs. Like the only other one to reach 20 home runs. And he did it in, you know, like 50 less games than Ryan McMahon this season. 22 doubles, 109 hits. So like, yeah, Tovar had the advantage of playing the entire season. And he kind of fluctuated up and down. But Nolan Jones, when he was, you know, he had the power had the RBIs, had the batting average, you know, on base, the slugging, the OPS, the OPS plus. Like the only, only two people had a higher OPS in Sean Bouchard, who played, what, 21 games, and Cole Tucker, who played in played five like games. <laughs> uh, but anyone with 100 plus, he led with a 138 OPS plus. So, yeah, I think Nolan Jones was the best hitter. No, overall, like all around. No, yeah, strikeouts were from, but he was drawn walks. Second most walks on the team behind Ryan McMahon. Wow. Just crazy. Also, far and away, the leader in uh, weighted runs created plus uh, with 135. The next man up is Randall Gritchick at 116, followed by Charlie Blackman at 105, and Mike Mustakis at 100. Mm-hmm. And CJ Crone at number five at 92. So <laughs> three of the five players of the top five players in Weighted Runs Created Plus for the Rockies did not finish the year with the team. Crazy stuff. But yeah, I think overall, this seems like a Nolan Jones award. Overall, as much as Ryan McMahon has the power and you no know, draws walks, the strikeouts and a lot of other things are just hampering his game so much that it's hard to like look at him and think, oh, yeah, he's the best hitter on this team because there's a lot of holes in that swing. But then you look at Nolan Jones, swings the ball, you're like, this dude's got it. He is him. Good stuff. It's going to be so, really interesting to see if he can replicate next year. Mm-hmm. Very much so. But uh, again, congratulations now. Looks like Nolan Jones, Nojo wins his probably the first and only award he'll get uh, from the overall season. Well, not the not the only one in this. Or will it? There's a couple others I think he's probably going to run away with. But uh, mm-hmm. you'll just have to stay tuned and find out. Indeed. Uh, Before before we take a quick break here, we'll get one more quick award in uh, before we get to maybe our top, our three big ones here. So Nolan Jones wins Silver Slugger. Last one to round out this little half, uh, the Adios Muchacho Award. Now, this one was our favorite Rocky we saw leave the team. Could be good or bad player. <laughs> so... It could either be the happiest one we were glad to see leave the team or it's just our favorite player that we were kind of sad to see leave the team. So this one's funny because for my nominees, I have two guys who I was sad to see leave, but it was the right thing for them to move on. And that was Randall Gritchick and Mike Moustakis, who both, you know, were were big parts of the early Rocky season. 
Uh, and then the bad player that we were all happy to see leave. I think, Skylar, you're probably going to agree with me here. It's Jerks and Profar. Mm-hmm. When, <laughs> when the Rockies finally decided this is done, we're done. It was a good day. And I, I feel bad for saying that because I'm sure Jerkson is a great person with a fantastic, he's a, got a fantastic smile, but the Rockies cutting him loose was one of the best decisions they made this season. And signing him was one of the worst decisions they made this season. In hindsight, it became one of the worst. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty one for me. Uh, I really had one on my mind and it was a CJ crone. I was just kind of sad to see the crone zone leave. Cause yeah, for the past couple of years, I've been a big proponent for the crone zone. Crone saw crone saw was ready. And then he was finally gone. Was- I think CJ crone is a really good choice as well. It's, it, it's sad to see him go, but he, it, it's the same for him and Randall Gritching and Mike Moustakis is that he played the role that the Rockies needed him to play. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, this is one of those awards where we don't have to be a consensus on on one. Uh, but from what it sounds like, Evan might be leaning towards Profar. I think we can divide it into two. I think we can pick both a positive player and a negative player. I think on the on the negative side, it would 100% be Jerks and Profar. Mm-hmm. And I think on the positive side, you could really pick any one of those three guys um, where... You know, we loved him and are sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Profar and Crone, I think, are good picks. Uh, one for each of us. Good and bad. Uh, but nobody tell Profar that he gets this award. <laughs> he made he made $8.75 million this year. So And had a nice little run with the Padres down the stretch. So, and was it, was it really us? His- he got his name in for the year where didn't he have the longest on base streak of the entire league this year at like 37 games. Yeah. Something like that. Got some notoriety, but that's the adios muchacho award. You can either be adios muchacho or adios muchacho. Just depends on how you say it, but jerks and profar CJ crone. We're both happy. And sad to see some of you leave. But uh, good stuff. Uh, We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. Unaffected by altitude. And when we come back, we'll start pounding out even more awards here in this second half. Maybe some really important awards. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Where's Joan Rivers to start critiquing uh, clothing on the fashion line? Extremely deceased. Mm. That's unfortunate. (laughs) Welcome back here to Affected by Altitude. We're doing our 2023 awards. And we're going to roll on, Evan. Here are three of the big ones. I guess four of the big ones for the year. So these ones are overall... uh, kind of the ones you think about and we've given them names so more a little bit more rockies themed first i went with this name i called it the brian fuentes reliever of the year award brian fuentes probably one of the most impactful closers and relievers in rockies history a staple for many a year uh when i think of closers i think a lot of people think of brian fuentes 
there, but this is the reliever of the year award. And uh, there are some good choices out of that Rockies bullpen this year. Overall, Evan, who do we got? My nominees for the Brian Fuentes reliever of the year award are Justin Lawrence, Jake Bird, and Brent Suter. Mm. Mm. I think all three of them had really strong seasons overall. And there's been a lot of hate on, on the Rockies bullpen down the stretch, but I, I, it cannot be understated how immensely overworked and burned out this bullpen got, especially guys like Jake Bird and Justin Lawrence, two of the most used relievers innings wise in all of baseball this year. And Brent Suter was up there on that list for a large part of the season. Mm-hmm. And despite that, they were still some of the best pitchers in yeah, on the team. Some of the best relievers on the team, all of them had ERAs under five, um two of them had eras under four it it was um they did exactly what we needed them to especially with a season where the starting rotation was just in such a bad state Mm -hmm. yeah those those are along my nominees and the one that i'm leaning towards evan is jake bird because one he was just a workhorse all season an arm made of rubber we 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 critiqued it of how often the Rockies relied on him. He was having to come out. It seemed like almost every day, or at least every other day, he's coming out having to pitch an inning, inning or two. He's making starts, and you no know, was really effective. Had a really good first half, and then that, like you said, the the overwork and everything trickled in. But here's the big thing, Evan. A lot of guys, you know, maybe struggled with injury, and you know or just kind of fell off at points. Jake Bird not only stayed healthy all year, but was effective pretty much the entire year. Yeah, had some hiccups near the end, but overall was a an effective reliever for the Rockies. That yeah. long man to stop the gap. When those starters weren't going long, he was coming in tossing two to three innings. I think he's he's worthy of that. The the thing about Jake Bird, Jake Bird had a tough July which is really as you're hitting the middle of the season, that's when that first bit of fatigue is really going to kick in. So his two worst months were July. And then he rebounded really well in August, had a really good August overall. And then September, he he struggled a little bit more because, you know, as you near the end of the season, now you're really fatigued. And I want to acknowledge just how much Jake Bird pitched this year. The only two Rockies pitchers who have more innings pitched than Jake Bird are Austin Gomber and Kyle Freeland. That should tell you how much they turn to this man. He has the most appearances by far on the team with 70 89 and one-third innings pitched, finished with an ERA of 433, uh, with an ERA plus of 117. And if you look at his FIP of uh, 355, which is the second best on the team, it shows that he he's pitching a little bit better than some of his more basic, basic stats will show you. Jake Bird was the true workhorse on this team. It felt like he got called in basically every game, and we did complain about it. We were like, this this guy's arm is going to fall straight off of his body. Mm-hmm. But some, some way, somehow, he survived a 162-game season with that rubber arm. Uh, yeah, so that's where I'm leaning is 
Jake Bird out of the three? I will agree. I think um, absolutely Jake Bird, but I do want to give a tremendous shout out to Brent Suter and to Justin Lawrence. And we'll, we might talk about Justin Lawrence a little bit later on down the down the line as well. But Justin Lawrence finished with an ERA of 372 and Brent Suter finished with an ERA of 338, both with FIPS under four as well. Uh, all three just had really strong performances, but just the amount that this team had to rely on Jake Bird, I think pushes him over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. He was the reliever of the year. Without him, who knows how much worse things could have been for that bullpen you know, over the course of the season and everything. So congratulations to one Jake Bird, who uh, has now won his first award. And while we're doing this, I'm going to leave the studio that I was in, and I'm now back home in front of my closet doors. I was looking for something bird-shaped, and I don't appear to have one. <laughs> I have nothing around either. Well, there's a piranha plant. That's not a bird. It's an amiibo. That's still not a bird. I have uh, a pin <laughs> that has... There's a pin with Mario with his wing hat from Mario 64. Close enough. That's close it enough to a wings. bird. <laughs> <laughs> and there are wings involved. Yeah, so that's Jake Bird, reliever, the Brian Fuentes Reliever of the Year Award. Congratulations to Jake Bird. We'll ship it out to you in six to eight weeks. The pitching hand like they had on MLB Network. All right, Evan, this next one, again, feels kind of a, an obvious award winner. We're going with the Jason Jennings Rookie of the Year Award. And in a year that had multiple rookies, this really falls down to three finalists in my eyes of Nolan Jones, Brenton Doyle, and Ezekiel Tovar. The big three. Mm -hmm. Three of the most impactful players on the Rockies this year and the three rookies. But I do think this one's kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. It's when we went coming into the season, we were really sort of hyper focused on Ezekiel Tovar, who was the opening day shortstop. We got a little bit of a taste last year of what he was capable of when he hit his first major league home run off of Clayton Kershaw. And Tovar had a really strong rookie season overall, but he really ended up getting outshone by both Nolan Jones and Brenton Doyle or Brenton Doyle with his, his incredible glove work, but Nolan Jones, both with the glove and with the bat just was the shining star of this team this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, you'll probably get, get tired of hearing us singing his praises this episode, but I think he runs away with this award as well. Yeah. The thing at all, say with Ezekiel Tovar is that he was more of a true rookie in a sense. Uh, it's kind of along with Brent Doyle. That's kind of true. Fun. But with Ezekiel Tovar being younger uh, and only had the, what, couple of games, the week of games in 2022, but he came in, was the everyday starting shortstop from day one. He was the short the shortstop. And we got to see him grow and endure an entire season work things out and you no know, setting the doubles record for you no know, single rookie doubles record for the Rockies 
or tied it at least. Tied uh, with Todd Helton at 37, which Helton. is incredibly impressive. Yeah. Plus, and, he had a 10 for 10 season. Yeah. You know, which, he had had a 10 10 season, showed incredible glove work, was a gold glove finalist. And that would be my knock against Nolan Jones is that he kind of was a late addition to being a rookie. Sure. Of due almost, to a clerical error. Yeah, he almost wasn't eligible to be considered a rookie this year, but due to a counting error with his service time, he was knocked back into rookie status this year. Yeah. And if you wanted to, because of that, hand this award to Ezekiel Tovar, I would I would totally understand. Mostly because also Nolan Jones is probably going to be getting another award soon. And and I think just Ezekiel Tovar over the course of the season had what was like a basic rookie season, you know, a solid season. There were comparable numbers to Troy Tulowitzki who you know, came second in rookie of the year voting. And yeah, there were a lot better rookies overall in the national league, but for the Rockies that Tovar was there day in and day out you know, for the majority of the season, he was an everyday guy. They stuck with him and he produced, yeah, he, he had his growing pains and kind of tailored off in a lot of areas. But I, I think just coming in as a pure, fresh, young rookie, uh, he he got it done for me. And I kind of want to lean towards giving it to him because I feel like he just earned it over a course of a full season. Now, Nolan Jones did everything to be worthy of that award as well in less time. But I, when I think of, I, I think a lot of people forget Nolan Jones was a rookie. Because, again, because of the, the counting error and everything. But, and Ezekiel Tovar, at 21 years old, he's thrust into the spotlight with really gigantic expectations and yet finished the season with uh, 2.5 wins above replacement, one of the best figures on the team. I think it's third overall for the Rockies this year. Um, had the most RBIs, had the most doubles, had the third most home runs with 15, and then stole 11 bases. Uh, you know, he obviously he has things he needs to work on. Um, his on base percentage is just uh 287, and he struck out a lot, um, chasing a lot of pitches that were out of zone. But overall, a really strong rookie campaign, and where he's showing just really strong maturity as well. Mm-hmm. It's like I, <laughs> I would just have him edge out Nolan Jones just again for that full season view now nolan jones didn't really start playing until no uh, until may no oh, halfway into may near the end of may and no nope, tovar was there from day one and had that growth over the course of the season and as oh, as much as a franchise staple whereas nolan jones was a little bit more refined i would say he broke out this year definitely in a way just it finally clicked for him this season but, but Tovar had it all going as that young phenom, that young prospect phenom. Yeah, one and one of the one of the top prospects in the Rockies organization uh, graduated from that prospect list. But and there, there's a lot of room for growth for him too. I think when you look at rookies, that's what you want even more. How can he continue to get better? Whereas, like you mentioned before, I wonder. I hope Nolan Jones can replicate this next year. You're like, oh, you don't want to have those worries sometimes. And uh, Jim Callis, I believe, over at MLB.com, he 
was talking about, you know, players who have sort of the most potential future value, mm-hmm. the long-term value. And he, he ranked Ezekiel Tovar in his top 15. Yeah, and, and uh, Nolan Jones came in at 35. Yeah, dead last on his list, which was really frustrating because I, I, I can't agree with that. But I do agree that, you know, Ezekiel Tovar is up there in terms of long-term value for how young he is and how high that ceiling is for him. Yeah. But so are, are we in agreement? I think we're in agreement. Congratulations to Ezekiel Tovar. Hooray! It was Tovar time this year. Here are some uh, generic brand anti-acid tablets. I think that's for a different award. Here is a starter Pokemon. That's a rookie. There we go. I'm holding a figurine of Bulbasaur in front of the camera for our Bulbasaur. Yeah, so that is the rookie of the year. And we're gonna, get copyright. we're gonna get a copyright strike now. Oh no, Nintendo's coming <laughs> after us. Uh this next one here, we'll try to move a little quicker on some of these. Uh these are just too much fun. Otherwise, this will be a longer episode. Or we split into a two-parter, two-parter, Evan. We'll see. But this next one, the Rockies have never had a Cy Young Award, but We've had some good pitchers, and we're calling this the Ubaldo Jimenez Award for Pitching Excellence. So I have uh, I have two nominees for this. I stuck with starting pitchers. It's um, usually how I go. Because that's usually who gets nominated for Cy Young anyway. Uh, and my choices might surprise some people, but my two Jose nominees Urania. are... No. <laughs> it's uh, Chase Anderson. Also, no. My my nominees for this are Kyle Freeland and Austin Gomber because uh-huh. they are two of the only opening day pitchers that pitched the majority of the season, and they had overall decent season. I'm not going to say amazing season. I'm not going to say great seasons, but they got it done where it counted in a year where the rotation was just completely annihilated. These two pitchers really just kept their heads on straight and kept going, especially with Austin Gomber, who had a, a very difficult start to the year, you know, had some some struggles that he was dealing with and came out really strong on the other side, where for a large part of his season after the first couple of months, he was pitching really, really well. Mm-hmm. But overall, my main choice for this would be Kyle Freeland. Kyle Freeland made the most starts on the team. He had the best starting pitcher ERA on the team. He is he's he's really I think the the guy you've got to give it to for being the rock of the rotation where he made 29 starts over 155 and two thirds innings. He did have an ERA of 5.03, which is not ideal, but he like I've been saying, he was what the Rockies needed, and they needed a guy who's going to come in and pitch every day and pitch decently and just keep the, help keep the team's head above water. Yeah, and the offense didn't do him any favors most of the year. <laughs> he, I, I, I forget the exact number, but he was one of the least run-supported pitchers in all of baseball this year. He got DeGromed something fierce. Yeah, and so, yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's... It, Go to Kyle Freeland, just what one what he means to him, and also just the leader in that rotation. Still, yeah, he got injured for a little bit 
at one point, but narrowly avoided further disaster in here when the rotation was just decimated by injuries and you know, bad pitchers. Now, he and Gomber held down the fort, and, and I think Freeland you know, still things to work on. It's kind of slim pickings this year in terms of this award, uh, but I, I, Kyle Freeland should go to him. I think what's unfortunate about Kyle is that it's it's we've really kind of seen now that that 2018 season for him where he finished fourth in Cy Young voting was probably the best he was ever going to be. But that does, that does not mean that he is not a good pitcher and is not going to continue to be a good major league pitcher for this organization. He signed with the team for the long term. And the Rockies need, any team needs, but the Rockies especially need a guy who's going to go out there and just be able to pitch and get it done and and not really get hurt and just go out there and make his starts. And that's what Kyle Freeland provides to this team. All righty. Kyle Freeland, congratulations. You win our Ubaldo Jimenez Award for Pitching Excellence. Good stuff. Nothing around. Uh, and we'll move on to the big one here. Our last one here of this of this portion. Uh, this final one. The Larry Walker MVR Award. The most valuable Rocky. Oh, look, there's Kyle Freeland's picture. The Larry Walker MVP Award. And we've talked about him quite a bit. But I feel like this one's... We're pretty... Have a pretty good consensus on what this one's going to be. Yeah, look, there are there are nominees. We can nominate a bunch a couple different people from this. But I think no matter who you nominate other than the guy who's going to win this, it we know who's going to win. Mm-hmm. And it's it's Nolan Jones. Yeah. Where I give in my nominees list, I give shout outs to um Ezekiel Tovar, Ryan McMahon and Charlie Blackman. But it's Nolan Jones. Mm-hmm. It, led the team in war, led the team in basically every major offensive category, one of the best fielders on the team. He was the whole complete package in a year where the Rockies were bad. And a lot of times they were not fun to watch. You could tune in and see something exciting from this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially down that stretch with him leading the rookies. He's kind of the face of the team now. He's getting on getting his, Sunday night his, baseball. Uh, He's Rolex. being interviewed, getting his Rolex. Just he was exciting, bringing that energy to the team and really stepping up and leading the team offensively when when they needed it and everything. So, yeah, he was the most valuable Rocky oh, on the field over the course of the season, which is crazy that he didn't play more Yeah, in yeah, hindsight. Been- Considering that he didn't start until like May 26th. Yeah. Crazy, crazy and it is, season. It, it is, frankly, I am still pretty unhappy with the fact that uh, he did not finish as a finalist for National League Rookie of the Year voting. Yeah. The bias is real. Anyways, but congratulations to Nolan Jones, our M- team MVP for the season the Larry Walker MVR MVP award. Excellent stuff from Nojo. So I think that's going to do it here for those major awards. 
we'll go ahead and take another quick break here. And when we come back, we'll just kind of clean up maybe some rapid fire ones, some hyper specific ones, and just have some fun here down the stretch. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back for the conclusion of Affected by Altitude Awards. Welcome back here to the Affected by Altitude Awards presented by HeTap. Gots to have me that HeTap. Come on, you've killed for less. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not untrue. That's not untrue. I am the hype. Uh, we've got a lot of them, and we'll maybe do another episode that'll tag on some other awards uh, later down the line, maybe minor league awards and stuff. But we're going to have some fun here near the end of this episode. Uh, kind of running down some things. We'll see what I can what we can pick out here. We may not do all of these, but we'll hit on them as best we can. And the first one, this is always my favorite thing for a podcast award show. Uh, this is from a Twilight Zone podcast that I listen to, these game coverage people. And it was, they always did award shows for episodes. And they had a thing for every time he does an award show, calls it Dumbest Thing. <laughs> and <laughs> so this is a pretty broad one. But it's basically a thing we thought was stupid from the year. It can be it can be kind of silly, it can be weird. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It can be a good thing. But more or less just the dumbest thing from the year. It could be a move they made, a decision, just sort of play, just the dumbest thing from the year. Evan, what do you have as some of your dumbest things? Uh we have the Dick Monfort. Uh, friends of whatever breakfast comment where he said that this team uh, was capable of playing 500 ball. Mm -hmm. uh, I had not, not necessarily dumb, but kind of silly was how they kept changing the pants for the city connect uniform. Oh yeah. That was, that was super dumb. Like They're white and they're green. Yeah. We'll do both. Yeah. It's like, oh, if it's a if it's a day game, they'll wear white pants. If it's a night game, where they'll wear green pants. Except for the night games where they wore white pants, and the day games where they wore the green pants. Yeah, and they and then that kept getting mixed up, where they hardly ever wore the green pants anymore. And oh, weird. <laughs> One of my uh, dumbest things from the year was Marvin Freeman's beef that the Rockies wouldn't pay for his hotel. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, I love I love Marv. I think he is he's a he's a funny guy and he has his his place in in Rockies history, but he was very unhappy with the fact that the Rockies invited him they invited him out for the 30th anniversary celebrations, but they would not pay for his flight and hotel room. Yeah. And then and then he wouldn't stop like he, with the beef on Twitter. He was pretty hung up on it for most of the season. To the point where he's tweeting about the Braves, like the Braves know how to treat yeah, they people know how right. To treat me right, because they they did this and like, <laughs> come on, Marv, come on, buddy. <laughs> oh man, you were you were with the team for about a year and a half. Let's uh, let's and only one of break. those was good. <laughs> but oh goodness, so that's that's the one that I think of. <laughs> the most is the dumbest thing. That is a good one. Um, oh, I can't think of any others. There was another one I was thinking of. Uh, the overall just like general air of around the 30th anniversary stuff. 
you know, the way they handled it in general was not, it was not a very well done anniversary. That might, that might so. be under biggest blunder, uh, another award. The jersey but, patch was nice, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Uh, oh, there was something else. I can't think of it. It's the Marvin Freeman thing. That's just the dumbest thing to me. It, uh, what about that's baseball? Oh, <laughs> we talked about it so much. We made we made a shirt out of it. That is our best podcast gig. Gag gig. This isn't a band. But yeah, that, that one was always pretty dumb or the uh, oh, gosh, dang it. I can't think of what it was. There's something else I was thinking. Oh, the when that guy tackled Dinger. Yeah, the guy who the guy who tackled Dinger on the on top of the dugout, and then part of that. This could also be just the worst fan moments. Uh, uh, the, guy, the guy, the people that came out and they came uh, after Ronald Acuna yeah. Jr. <laughs> uh, so still, neither of which as bad as last season during that Marlins series, yeah. where a fan yelling the, the mascot led to an unfortunate misinterpretation that uh yeah that wasn't good uh but yeah those are about there's probably some others what do you think think was the dumbest thing leave a comment yeah but we have our options what would you have what would you pick personally for yours that's a really good question i like all of these um I'm going to go with the Dick Monfort comment and the Marvin Freeman beef are my two are my two top runners, I think. Yeah, I, that's kind of the same for me. There's probably something else in there with like a dumb promotion or just a silly thing the team announced or did. But that kind of seems like the the big one. Oh, uh, John Heyman reporting that Mike Moustakis was going to play second base. That was a that was a pretty dumb moment. I think he did have like one appearance at second base this year. But what he, because it was initially like, oh, and it's expected that he'll play, be the regular second baseman after Rogers went down. And then it was like shortly after that, the team's like, no, he's not doing that. No, he did not play second base this year. I was mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some good moments. Personally, for me, I think I'm going to go with that Marvin Freeman one. Just because it's just so absurd and so stupid. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, oh, especially goodness. when like most of the guys that they brought out were big cornerstones of the franchise's history. And no, then there's right. like the, the myriad of guys for the Blake Street Bombers one where you had like a big swath of guys that showed up, but yeah. It's just a dumb thing to be mad about. What I have to pay for that? Like, I think you can afford it, Marvin. Anyways, fun stuff. Hopefully, we can get him on a, a podcast. <laughs> Don't listen uh, to this, Marvin. Don't listen to have this. We, have we just burned that bridge? Oh no! We'll pay for his hotel. It'll be a Motel Six, but yeah, we'll I pay for afford, it. I can't afford that. Dad can't afford six dollars a night. Anyways, so dumbest thing, so fun. There's always a lot of silly things with this team. Um, next one. Um, oh man, there's a lot of these. Let's go with best moment. So, what was your best moment of 2023? 
Hmm. No, for me, Elias Diaz all-star game home run and MVP honors. That was probably one of the better moments uh, of the season. I have that. And then I also have Nolan Jones reaching 20 for 20 in the, uh, in the season finale in game 162. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And getting that Rolex and all that stuff. It was, I went, I went to a decent number of Rockies games this year when he find when he got that 20 for tw- that 2020, I, and a bunch of other people in that stadium went absolutely wild. That was a really fun moment. And then Elias Diaz, his, the all-star game MVP, which a lot of people forgot about was uh-huh. that he was both the all-star and the all-star game MVP, but he hit the difference maker home run in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's maybe some, Others like, you know, having the Blake Street Bombers out there to celebrate, celebrating just overall some of those bringing in former players uh, or like one of the best was one of the better moments, I think, is uh, when Jeff Dooley, the Hartford Yard Goats broadcaster, got to got the call and help broadcast on the radio for a couple of games. That was tremendously cool. So that was a really good moment for him and everything. Um, I think the return of Ryan Feltner able to make a start come back near the end of the season was a big one. Um, there's one other I was thinking of. Those are some of the big ones I was thinking of. Trying to think of some other ones. Uh, best moment is they did stuff at the trade deadline. That was a good moment. (laughs) Yeah, that's the that was the the big uh, one for me. There was a lot of those nice little moments. An- another good one, uh, Charlie Blackman, them announcing and surprising everyone with his extension for next year. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. A surprise to everybody. That's that, I like. That's the part I like. Is pretty much everybody except Chuck did not know that was coming. Like, what? And he, I don't think he knew that they were going to announce it during the game. Mm-hmm. Just partly a weird way to do it. But a, a, but a nice way to do it's it. It's a fun way to do it, especially at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's one. A dinger getting tackled. That was the best moment. Um, Some of these can overlap a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I think for me, Elias Diaz is my best moment of the season. I would go with that as well. There's a lot of good little moments, and I bad season but that that, i think that one was the top highlight yeah for the year and like brent doyle winning for a player like elias diaz who's been in the league a while now and you know taking his lumps and really gone through um you know everything that you are supposed to do as a big league player without a lot of recognition to make his first all-star team at age 32 33 be the first Rockies catcher to ever be named an all-star and then have that difference maker home run and be named the all-star MVP. That is such a wonderful moment. Yeah. It's hard to be anything. And you can ask a friend of the show, Paul Holden, who was there in person. Pretty exciting. All right. Going from best moment, we move on to worst moment and these kind of inner, inner lap with some things, but 
my worst moment is just that complete beat down the Los Angeles Angels gave us. 25 to 1. Uh, thanks to a Brenton Doyle home run. Thanks to a Brent Doyle home run, we avoided being one of the most lopsided shutouts in all of baseball history. Uh, I also mentioned for a worst moment was when Herman Marquez came back and then went down Mm -hmm. and was very clearly upset. Very clearly something was wrong and he ended up needing Tommy John surgery. Mm -hmm. And then the same with Antonio Senzatella comes back from ACL makes one okay start and then doesn't last very long in the second start. And then boom, Tommy John. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also, I wrote this down. I wrote in Antonio Sensatella and the Tommy John train because Antonio Sensatella and then four different minor league pitchers, all top pitching prospects, including Gabriel Hughes, all having to get Tommy John in close proximity to one another. Yeah. They got a real good bargain on that one that was rough yeah that was a pretty awful moment there's some we could keep on picking that when we finally lost game 100 um the when we were almost getting no hit multiple times multiple times somehow we avoided it uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of bad bad moments in there uh brendan rogers and sean bouchard their spring training injuries mm-hmm Charlie Blackman's broken hand. Chris Bryant again getting hit in the hand. Losing a lot of time. Ryan Feltner taking the comebacker. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of these are injury related. Ugh. Ugh. What an awful year. (laughs) Yeah, it was not a fun fun season. But uh, for me personally, though, still my worst moment for me as a fan was just getting beat down by the angels just an absolutely abysmal like when you're on the cusp of making history and go being compared back to teams in the late 1800s it's pretty bad look. it's a pretty bad look and it's one of those ones like generally as a fan you know if if i know the game is lost i'm like nah, i don't i don't need to we don't need to torture ourselves watching this game anymore let's go find something else to do this is one of those ones where you just out of pure morbid fascination, you couldn't look away. <laughs> I watched that He's game. already dead. I watched that entire game Ugh. because you just wanted to see how bad it would get. Yeah. Will they get to 30? Oh, yeah. Oh, that, so that's my personal. That's my worst moment of the year. There's some other yeah. weird moments like that like weird historical things. We're like, Oh, the Rockies gave up this many home runs to this many players. Ugh. Yeah. That, the Rockies that are down. the team of tungsten arm O'Doyle, mm-hmm. which means that Shohei Otani should come and sign here for. Gosh, that would be amazing. Just to immediately boost that offense. Come on, Shohei. Come on. Come Somebody, on. Yeah. Come on. I, I will take a season of Charlie Blackman, one final season, Charlie Blackman in right field, if that meant Otani could come and be our DH. Yes, 100%. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Just hitting nukes. And then somehow he has a career high ground ball percentage. Eh. <laughs> no. Anyways. I'd take it. I'd t- I would take a career high ground ball percentage in exchange for a 60 home run Shohei Otani DHC. Oh, but DHC. he only hit he only hits 15 home runs. Oh. 
That's the exchange. Oh. Uh, high ground ball rate, weak contact. He strikes out way more. I don't I don't like that. I don't want that. <laughs> but yeah, worst moments, they're across across the board. Um moving on to some of these other ones. Uh, we already kind of talked about this biggest blunder. For me, it's just how they trade the entire 30th anniversary celebrations kind of lackluster. Yeah. I think they could have done so much better with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jerks and profile signing. That is in there. Um, those not, are, I think the, not, those are the two. The two big ones. Not doing uh, not doing enough in free agency to boost your starting pitching. Not giving Nolan Jones enough playing time to qualify for the gold glove. Yeah, that was a big one. That um that three game set in Seattle where he sat on the bench the entire time. Biggest blunder, continually having Harold Castro get playing time. Not cutting jerks and profar fast enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but for me personally, I think biggest blunder, just how they approach the 30th anniversary, kind of lackluster, not that much celebration, like a couple of weekends throughout the year. Like there, that was about it. Oh yeah. There was some old deals in the, in the dugout store, but woo. You can pay yeah. 1995 prices for this Jersey. Okay. Ironically, jerseys were better in 1995. Shots fired, Nike. Clean up your game. Next year, they'll have a new City Connect and it just says 5280 on it. Yeah. Biggest blunders just across the board. And some of these kind of relate back to dumbest thing or worst moment and stuff. But we're throwing out those ideas for our own personal awards. Um, Let's do some fun ones. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't have as many fun ones. <laughs> Let's do um, best hair. Um, who's bald? Chase Anderson bald? No, he has a little. No, hair. he had just he had just very. I don't think we had anybody bald this year. Bald, bald. Uh, yeah, best hair. Nolan Jones has got to do. He's got some of that nice little swaffed lettuce. Uh, I I say Justin Lawrence. Your walking shampoo commercial. He got that long curly hair. Hey, Troy Polamalu got a shampoo commercial. Why can't Justin Lawrence? Oh, Brent Suter is balding. Not the same. <laughs> he's not Jim Carrey level of hair, but he's balding. <laughs> Uh, Ryan McMahon also had uh, longer hair this year, and it looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then always Charlie Blackman and the Moulet. Yes. Um, I say yeah. Justin Lawrence. I think Justin Lawrence has the best hair on the team. Yeah, and just kind of, kind of, that's all the same good, to me. He's got a good beard. He's got the the flowing curly mane of hair. Justin Lawrence, best hair. Pierce Johnson had some good hair. He did. He did have some good hair. And then a lot of other guys are really clean cut and whatnot. 
good stuff. That's the worst hair. Uh, I, I gotta say, <laughs> I'm not a Ezekiel Tovar. Just always looks weird to me. It's he always had like a kind mohawk of kind of thing for a while, didn't he? Yeah, he's got kind of the classic. It's kind of like what Francisco Lindor has. It's just kind of the curly mohawk, tuft of hair on top. Yeah, I think that doesn't look too bad. Doesn't look too bad. Um, it's not my favorite. We talk about Jorge Al- Jorge Alfaro, bargain basement Jason Momoa. No oh, gosh. Hey, who remembers that Jorge Alfaro was on this team this year? Hey, he had a home run. He had one home run and four doubles in 10 games. Good for him. But yeah, here, uh, moving on to, you know, this is the uh, award for player to most likely look like they're going to cry. It's Austin wins. <laughs> Yeah, it, I just can't never. I can never not think of when somebody on Twitter said he looks like he has the crying filter on his face at all times. Still not as sad as Astros pitcher Christian Javier, who just always looks so sad. And then his MLB.com photo, just like he looks comically depressed in that photo. <laughs> uh, what about uh, best new friend? Uh, yes, best new friend. So this is the player that uh, our favorite new Rocky in 2023. Again, this uh, seems like a pretty obvious one. See, for some I, folks. Actually, I picked for people who were not with the organization previously. So that includes minor leaguers. Uh, I actually went with Chase Anderson. Mm. Mm. Uh, Chase Anderson and Matt Cook were two of my big ones on this list, as well as Brent Suter. Um, just guys who were impactful as new members of this Rockies team coming from elsewhere in Major League Baseball or elsewhere in the baseball world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I would lean towards Nolan Jones as my new favorite Rocky, which he counts for this category. That's true. But uh, I actually, for the sake of just mixing it up, mixing it up Brent Suter for me, dude's just a wacko. He just a is, weirdo, and I love it. He's just he, a weirdo. He rolls with it. He does. When his name is the Raptor, and he walks out to Jurassic Park theme, like that's just perfect. Does a Jim Carrey impression. He's done a Bud Black impression. I really hope in, we interviews. I really do hope we bring him back. Eh. We'll be okay. I mean, if we weren't going to bring him back, then we should have traded him at the deadline. Yeah, but he said he wanted to be here, so we can't trade him. So did Mike Moustakis. Well, he wasn't doing good enough. <laughs> <laughs> he said it too early. He has to say it in July. Oh, okay. That's that's how it's done? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so Brent Suter is my best new friend. That we may not see again. Yeah. Tudor. What else we got on here? All righty then. Um, the Dad Strength Award. Uh, who had kids this year? Tovar had his first. That was about it. That I can think of. Well, then congratulations to Ezekiel Tovar. <laughs> Just him. Randall Grichik had a baby during the offseason. That's right. Um, 
former Rocky Garrett Hampson just uh, welcomed a child. He's not eligible for this. Uh, Rymac, I believe, is um, I believe his wife is pregnant. Yeah, but they don't qualify. That doesn't qualify for this award. Yeah, because that'll be it next year. Has to have impacted their play on the field, and I think well, Tovar is about the only one. There we go, Ezekiel Tovar. <laughs> uh, how about filthiest pitch? This is another one I think is pretty easy. Uh, Jose Ureña's fastball. Oh wait, that's most hittable pitch. Hi oh. Uh, no, it is. Um, I have a warning for you, everybody. Caution, sweepers. Sweepers going to sweep y'all. It was a pretty filthy pitch. Justin Lawrence, when you're, because he was the one that was on Pitching Ninja the most this season. Yeah. This is filthiest pitch, the Pitching Ninja Award. This is Justin Lawrence. Just hucking Frisbees. I love that pitch. So good. Um, so I think we're in agreement on that one. Pretty easy. Uh, we'll touch on one or two more here, and then we'll close out. Uh, best Rocky in 2023. Who was a former Rocky? So best former Rocky in 2023. See, because you can interpret that as best Rocky who used to be a Rocky and then was then a Rocky again. Yeah. In which case, I, I think that word goes to Matt Carasidi. Oh. We'll interpret it both ways. <laughs> uh, best former Rocky, I'm giving it to John Gray. Yeah, I think who that's... Else, who else but World Series champion John Gray? Mm-hmm. Though there were some... Like, uh, other one, Jeff Hoffman, had a really good, good year with good Philadelphia. with Philadelphia. Robert Stevenson in Tampa Bay, a really Miguel, good year. Miguel Castro in Arizona. Carlos Estevez had a really good year. All-star. Another guy that people forget was an all-star. And his first season in Los Angeles, really good year. There's a lot of guys. Uh, Pierce Johnson in the playoffs. Yeah, Pierce Johnson with the with the uh, Braves down the stretch. Dang. Why couldn't they have done it here? What are you going to uh, do? Oh, well. Yeah. But... <laughs> That award works both ways. So Matt Caracidi sneaking in with an award. <laughs> I like I like my, Matt Caracidi, and it's 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 a fun thing to talk about. That you know he, he made his debut with the Rockies and then came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll do one last one here. Best podcast gag or bit from twenty twenty three season. That's baseball. Yeah, that's about it. That was about the only one. Yeah, we we have tons. There, there's lots of bits. Uh, we have nice on, nice on. We have the farewell. Were there any new ones this year? Um, we did a oh, lot my, more. We my, did a uh, lot more impressions this year. My Bryant's babies. <laughs> Remember when I sang Brian's babies? Brian's babies. Um, that was a pretty good one. Did I do a Christopher Walken voice this year? We probably tried to. I know we did Bane. Oh yeah, our Bane one. Uh, the uh, one where <laughs> the one where I screamed off mic. <laughs> <laughs> one of the few clips that I actually posted on on social media for us. <laughs> hmm. 
there's a few stuff that ends up on air that people don't hear. That's true. We did a we did a Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker monologue about the Rockies I, off I mic. Yeah, that's the thing is that a lot of these things get you know get left on the cutting room floor because they happen in like, right after we finish recording. Oh, early on in this season, I had the uh, running bit of writing dumb quotes. Yes, on the chalkboard. on the on the chalkboard behind me. Before you got better internet. Yeah, before I could do this at home. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. My cat is my cat a running gag. <laughs> But now this, we're in, there's little things throughout the season, little jokes we make, but not a lot of big bits or running bits or gags. But yeah, that's baseball is is a pretty good one. That's baseball. That's baseball. Which you can find on our Spreadshirt store. It is still up and running. Holiday season's coming. Maybe there's some sort of deal that can be made. But uh, buy the shirt. It's really good. It is a nice shirt. I wear it very frequently. Mm-hmm. But I think that's... I wore, it to, I wore it to a minor league baseball game in May and got on TV with it. Nice. Nice on. But I, have an, I think that's going to do it here for this edition of Affected by Altitude. For the We're big... Run a little bit long. Congratulations to all our winners on the big, huge 2023 award show. Hooray! Yes, and we'll run down some of these big ones. Larry Walker MVP, Nolan Jones, our Cy Young Award for Ubaldo Jimenez Award for Pitching Excellent, Kyle Freeland, Jason Jennings Rookie of the Year, Ezekiel Tovar, the Brian Fuentes Reliever of the Year, Jake Bird, Team Silver Slugger, Nolan Jones, Team Gold Glove, Brenton Doyle, Bench Player of the Year, Mike Moustakis. Uh, we had some best new friends. The Adios Muchacho Award, it was Jerickson Profar and CJ Crone. Uh, and then I didn't write down the other ones because they were a lot looser. But always a fun. We appreciate everybody tuning in and supporting us throughout the season and putting up with our wackadoodleness. Best Rockies podcast audience. Our audience. Uh, yes. Best Rockies podcast. Funnily enough, not us. <laughs> Solid third. <laughs> Best Rockies podcast. <laughs> Best Rockies podcast. This is we're shooing to win this one, right? Oh, it's Blake Street Banner. Huh. Best Rockies podcast hosted by us. So, there surprisingly we go. enough, it's still not us. <laughs> uh, but seriously, we we do we appreciate ourselves in in. with that one <laughs> and our self-deprecating humor here on this. But we always appreciate it. And it was a fun. It was a tough season, but we survived it. And we'll just keep rolling along and doing what we can covering this team. Evan, where quickly, where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter at Evan, uh, at Evan, bleh, goodness me, at Evan Lang 27 or on Blue Sky at Evan Lang dot BSKY dot social. I got both of those wrong. I'm on Twitter. You find me. I, you, I'm I'm not hard to find. Uh, f- support us on Twitter and on YouTube at Rocky Mountain Rooftop. That's at R O C K Y M T N Rooftop. We're both posted on Purple Row. I do the Thursday Rock Piles. Our ranking the Rockies is in 
Full Swing and on Fans First Sports Network at fansfirstsports.com or ffsn.app. You can find me on Twitter at sideline underscore crowd and then Wednesday rock piles and also doing some daily writing, MLB writing, putting out lists, mostly putting out content for the sake of it, Uh, but trying my best to put out some good content and diversified over at fansfirstsports.com. And you can find us also at every Rocky ever. A new episode will be coming up soon here before Thanksgiving coming up soon. So fun stuff. But that's going to do it here for this edition. Awards have been given. Oh, they'll conveniently get lost in the mail and these guys will never see these awards. But they've earned them in name. But until next time, I'm Skylar. That's Evan. This has been Affected by Altitude. Farewell. Farewell. Until next time. I'll get you, Spider-Man. <laughs>